So much going on when it comes to the vaccines or the jabs. So much going on when it comes to COVID. So much going on when we hear about the changing science. You know that we had to have this guy back. It is uh, Dr. Jesse Lopez, Inspiration.Health. He's a friend of mine and a great wealth of knowledge. You go to his website, Inspiration.Health, and you'll see all of these articles that we talk about, all these studies that we talk about. Jesse, great to see you. How are you? Hey, brother, I'm doing great, doing great. My head's just spinning really fast from this speed of science. Yeah, I got to tell you something. You know, the science changes like I didn't know. Now, I thought that science was was as exact as possible at the time. And I understand that you can uncover new things and find out, you know, new data. I, listen, I get that. You get new test results. That's the way science works. The way science doesn't work, in my opinion, you can correct me, you're the medical expert, is when Walensky from the CDC shows up in front of a panel, in front of a hearing in the, in the House or Senate, and is asked about whether she knew that the original vaccine or shot did not stop you from getting it or spreading it, and her saying, well, the science at the time said it did stop you from getting it and spreading it, when, Jesse, there was no study that showed that. In fact, Pfizer has admitted they never even tested that. So what was she talking about? Do you think, medically speaking, that Walensky from the CDC really thought it stopped you from getting it and spreading it, or do you think she knew that it didn't? I think that they knew that it did not do that. You had to have known that it did not do that. And I did see the interaction between her and Representative Andrew Clyde out of Georgia. And I really wish that he had pressed her on this issue a little bit more. Because, you know, it's interesting that when she was on the Rachel Maddow show in 2021, March 29th of 2021, when she stated these things, literally three days later, the CDC came out and said, that the evidence is not clear on transmission and that fully vaccinated people very well can basically transmit this virus. And by the so, way, I, and Doc, I want to stop you because I want to add to it this. Rachel Maddow on that show said, so let me be clear, when COVID gets to you, it dies at you. It cannot infect you. It just stops it in its tracks. Anybody who's not getting the shot is allowing COVID to continue when that simply wasn't true. That was not true at all. And when she was inquired about this by the representative, she said, well, it's it's an evolution of science. It's an evolution of the virus. And I, I just wanted to pull what little hair out that I have left and say, <laughs> you mean an evolution of science in three days from the 29th of March 2021 to approximately 4-1 of 2021? The science changed that fast. That tells me that they knew what was going on. They just weren't being honest and forthright with us. And that's unacceptable. Well, one would think this, that the the CDC would go to Pfizer, who's doing the studies, and Moderna doing the studies, and say, hey, does this stop you from getting it and spreading it? And then have them answer you. And the answer then, by Pfizer, must have been or would have been, well, we haven't tested for that. So then you can never, ever say there was science. Jesse, you've got all the studies in front of you at your fingertips at all times. I mean... Let me let those watching and listening understand. 4 a.m., I'll get something from Jesse that's a new study, okay? <laughs> so the guy is 24-7 studying this stuff. Was there ever any study that suggested taking this shot stopped COVID in its tracks? Absolutely zero. Not one out there. So we were there. all lied to. I will, di- I will back that up. I will stand firm on that. I don't care if you're from John Hopkins University or from some local hospital. I will tell you that there are no studies that says that it will prevent the transmission of this virus. And that's sick because so many people on the left, starting with Maddow on down, lied. And in fact, the administration said it'll be a long, cold, deadly winter for those who are unvaccinated. In fact, they said these words for months. It is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Jesse, was that ever true? No, not at all. Actually, 
it's it actually had become quite the opposite because what we began to see was a 75% hospitalization rate here even locally of those who had received the vaccine because of adverse effects to their immune system who were continuing to be a harboring vehicle for the virus because natural immunity never really had a chance to take a hold of these people whereas those of us who did not get vaccinated we did get ill we recovered and we went about our merry way and so what I'm concerned about with this kind of testimony from Rochelle Walensky is that it's an attempt to soften what has happened, to make it go away, to make it not seem as horrible as it was so that we don't take a stand against this when things are quiet. Because I'm going to tell you, things later on are going to come along where this very same issue is going to come up and they're going to refer back to her interview and say, well, wait, you know, the, the speed of science, evolution of science, everything that they did was correct. And all that's going to be seen is her talking this way towards that representative. And we've got to take a stand now with yep. legislation to prevent any kind of these mandates in terms of vaccines ever in the future. 100%. It's uh, Dr. Jesse Lopez. Go to his website, inspiration.health, inspiration.health. Every time I have you on, people email me. It's inspiration.health. Go there. You'll see all the information. Does telemedicine as well. Um, the guy from the NIH, I can't think of his name. It's not Fauci. Some other guy was in front of the, the panel the other day. And he was asked, what was the source of, the, of COVID-19? He said, well, there are two schools of thought. Could be that it came from the Wuhan lab. It could be that it was just naturally occurring. And then whoever it was that was questioning him in the Senate or the House said, well, which one do you think? I'm leaning towards the latter. Jesse, there are still people working for the government that you and I are paying that are lying and suggesting they think it's more likely that it came from a bat that bit a penguin, that bit a horse or a cow, and then we ate it, and then somehow it came into our, our bloodstream. I mean, that, that's how nuts it is. Is there any doubt in your mind that this came from the Wuhan lab? No, and there, there's no doubt at all. And you know why that is? Because they were working on a vaccine in some instances as early as 2005, 2016. There's data that shows that they were working on a vaccine against SARS-CoV-2 way before it was ever known in the news. So I'm going to ask you, why would you be working on something like that if you weren't working on it, uh, working on it in a lab? Well, a- why- well, actually, how could you possibly come up with, with an antidote or a vaccine if you didn't know what you were working against? Well, and that just goes to prove that this was a Department of Defense baby as well, because whenever they're examining or evaluating something for a potential biological intervention, they always have to have the vaccine, right? So if you're going to empl- uh, employ something upon your enemy, you want to make sure you have the vaccine for yourself and your people, so to speak. Because otherwise, a natural occurring phenomenon, there, there's no vaccine, there's no nothing. It just shows up on the stage, and then you got to try to scramble to put something together. This was already being worked on. As a medical expert, when you watch somebody from the NIH lie, when you watch somebody from the CDC lie, yet the Department of Energy somehow has decided it was from the lab. The DOJ, Department of Justice, has decided we've always thought that it was probably a lab leak. How can you have that sort of completely 180-degree difference in, in what they think in the same government? Shouldn't they have a consensus now? Yes, this came from the lab. Let's stop the BS. You would hope so, but you understand that there is so much camaraderie and basically being in bed together between these agencies, between the FDA, the CDC, and the pharmaceutical companies, that they just cannot spend off a different narrative. Because if they did, then the whole, basically, house of cards would fall. Now, the um, Department of Energy or the DOD, they're not in bed with them, so they don't have the same house of cards to right. deal with. 
But if you pull one out from any of the others, then everything goes down. And a lot of people would then become culpable for a very significant situation. Dr. Jesse Lopez, go to inspiration.health, does telemedicine. He's got all these studies up on his website. Really great wealth of information. Um, Jesse, do you agree with me that the House and Senate should pass a law, uh, pass a bill and force Biden to do something on it that simply says nobody in the federal government or even local governments should ever benefit from pharmaceutical companies who are developing vaccines that we're going to pay for. Because these royalties that are going to people, millions of dollars are changing hands, 400 plus million dollars from Moderna uh, to, to, to the Department of Health or something, to HHS or to NIH or to FDA or to CDC. This money, to me, and maybe I'm just dumb, looks like it's extortion money or it's bribe money or it's turn the other look the other way money. Shouldn't we have some law that says you can't pay them off if you're in fact trying to get the government to buy your vaccine? Absolutely, because it's unethical, Joe. It's unethical. This whole thing has been unethical all the way from the academic malfeasance to the situation where those who have been harmed by these vaccines will never have recourse to really recoup any economic loss for what they have suffered. Do you know, Joe, out of the 11,000 claims as far as injuries associated with these vaccines, well, let me ask you this. How many do you think have been paid out? I would guess none. Three. Wow. Three have been paid out for a total of $5,000 each. Wow. That's it. That's crazy. So, so th- these people are suffering, but yet these other individuals are getting great royalties, huge amounts of, of money and stock options, et cetera, while people are suffering who are adversely affected from these pharmaceuticals. And I think that the whole narrative right now is to soften things so that we're not taking a stand against what has happened. Even Walensky, when she was speaking before the House Appropriations Committee, tried to claim that the Cochrane Libra- uh, the Cochrane Library study that masks did not work was retracted, that it was pulled back. Totally false. Why really? Are this? That, that, yes, that, that study is still there that says that masks are, are ineffective? It is. It absolutely. That study is still there. The problem was that there was a very unhappy sociologist who works as a reporter for the New York Times who wrote an article stating, uh, entitled, Here's Why the Science is Clear That Masks work and basically pressured the editor-in-chief of the Cochrane Foundation to state in a editorial that the particular Cochrane study on mask was inaccurate and misleading. She did this, the editor-in-chief did this, and her name is Carla Soares Weiser, without the acknowledgement or input of the authors of that study. That's ridiculous. I'm glad that you're exposing this, and we need to keep on exposing those who've been lying to us for almost four years now. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez, Inspiration.Health. He's a great physician and surgeon, very good friend of mine. He's been bringing us great knowledge now for years. Let me get into because I don't know what this means because I'm just a dork on the radio, but monovalent, bivalent, suddenly the EUA, the emergency usage authorization, is gone for monovalent, but it's it's still in place or has been re-upped for bivalent uh, vaccines. Jesse, can you explain those simply to me? Yeah, I'll be happy to. So monovalent means there is one component to it. So the monovalent vaccine had basically the old Wuhan original strand associated with it. Bivalent means that there are several components involved with it. In this case, it's the old Wuhan strand plus the Omicron Omicron strand um, that is included in that particular vaccine. The monovalent basically had its EUA removed and is not authorized anymore, which is very interesting because those that 
were injured or harmed by that particular vaccine will really never have access to pursue that harm because it's gone now. It never went from an EUA out into the full market like a regular drug does. It's not going to be out there and ever exposed again. It's, it's just gone. Now, what's, what's also frustrating to me as a clinician is if the monovalent is being removed and has the Wuhan ancestry in it, why are you including it in the bivalent? Why not just do the Omicron? It, it's a great question. Let me ask you another question that I think is really relevant. Um, if there were an FDA-approved vaccine that they lied to us three years ago that there was, or that there were two, actually, the, the BioNTech or, or, and also the spike jab or whatever it was, uh, spike vax from Moderna, would there still be EUA available? No, there would not be. There's no way. That's not legal. There so, so, so in other be. words, if there's an approved, uh, an FDA-approved medicine, you cannot have something that's an emergency usage authorization drug that's out there. The fact that we still have that actually proves my point that, that you and I have been saying for three years. Yes, absolutely. 100% correct. You cannot have it available. If there's something that will work against that particular entity, you cannot have an EUA. And that's one of the reasons, as we well know, that ivermectin was squelched so much during the days of the pandemic. But the thing that I want to really convey as, as a sidebar to bringing all this up is that we cannot rest on our laurels. Because as you know, there is a push potentially to not only put this in our food system, but also to combine this particular type of vaccine with the traditional childhood vaccines. So your child could be receiving a measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine. And if you don't ask for full disclosure, you may not know that it has an attached COVID vaccine component to it as well. That's being studied right now um, such such places as Ohio State University, for example. It, it, to me, it makes no sense. They're trying to overwhelm us with mRNA technology, and I don't know why. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez, Inspiration.Health, Inspiration.Health. Uh, Doc, often we've asked, can a baby get mRNA technology from mother's breast milk? The answer is yes. You, you've told me that. Now we've learned that uh, over the months and years. Um, now we're hearing about possibly putting it in our food supply, and, and to me, that doesn't make any sense. I'm completely confused by it. But let me ask you a question that's even more relevant or even more important, I would think, to those watching and listening. If they put it on our food supply, shouldn't we be notified? It turns out they don't even want to tell us. They don't. And, you know, this was really looked at clear back in 2005 by the World Health Organization, where they discussed edible vaccines. This is all a push towards edible vaccines. And there was just recently a study out of China, and I don't know if you spoke about this particular study when Tom Rents was on your show, but it was called an oral vaccine for SARS-CoV-2 mRNA bovine milk-derived exosomes inducing a neutralizing antibody response. What that means is they're able to put the phospholipid particle in a way that it can be given and brought forth in the milk. And if you give it to a mouse, give the milk to the mouse, then it absorbs the mRNA across the gut membrane. That, to me, is something that absolutely has to be evaluated and looked at by our legislators so that this does not happen without our knowledge. 1,000%. He did bring that up, that, that the, the mice um, then suddenly were like they were vaccinated, just having the, the cow's milk. It doesn't make sense to me that anybody could, would be able to get away with forcing a medicine on me that I didn't ask for. I mean, we honestly, in, after World War II, we made the decision globally that informed consent is important. And again, if people want, they're informed about it, they're like, yeah, man, give me that steak with some mRNA in it. They can do that if they want. But if I don't want it, you don't get to just sneak it in. I mean, Jesse, at this point, I'm not so sure that we haven't had it already which I don't want. Well, 
there, there are um, um, pork products that they're using the mRNA technology even now. Now, the, the good side is that most likely whenever we heat our meat, if, if, the, if the cow has been given a uh, mRNA injection in the future for bovine diarrhea, that the heat will break that protein down as you cook it. But we should still be able to have knowledge if that is present or not. Now, oddly enough, in Missouri, the, the Cattlemen's Association is against this bill. And I ask you, if, why are you against it? Yeah, why? If there's nothing in there that's potentially harmful. Why would you be against full disclosure? I, I, I want to take a guess. Can I take a guess? Take a guess. Pharmaceutical companies are giving them money. Uh, you know what? That's a, probably a great guess because <laughs> I will tell you that it's just like in the veterinary world. They receive the same kind of stipends and, and influences from the pharmaceutical industry that traditional physicians do. I mean, there's actual data of Blue Cross Blue Shield supplementing physicians who get a certain percent of their population vaccinated, including pediatricians' office. They actually get percentage bonuses. Wow. That is unethical. Yeah, it's nuts. That doesn't make any, Jesse, it doesn't make any sense. But you know what? What does make sense is keep on having you back because you keep on informing us and keeping us up to date on exactly what's going on. Who's lying? Who's getting paid off? What really does work? What doesn't work? And I can't thank you enough for that. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez, great physician and surgeon, great friend of mine. Inspiration.health is the website. Jesse, thanks a million. Hey, my pleasure. Glad to do it. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. Great to have you. We appreciate Dr. Jesse stopping by. Inspiration.health is the website. Let's do some pop culture. Follow with some of that Oprah story. So it's kind of interesting the way TMZ tells it because at first they're mentioning that her neighbors are upset because there's this big boulder wall that was installed along the creek there to but now they're saying it's it's to help prevent flooding and creek erosion by by Oprah's property. But everybody is mad at it except Oprah. <laughs> or they haven't got any comment from her yet, and I guess there was some nursery that that used her address when applying for the permit from the U- U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to build uh, that wall. But they say they don't know if she signed off on it. There you go. Uh, Oprah, I think, is getting a wall. Polo, thank you. I appreciate it, Sam. Thank you. Uh, and thanks to Carrie as well. Have a great weekend. We'll see you later. This is the Joe Pegg Show.